Welcome to the In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast, resources, and other ways to get connected, please visit inthelight.church. All right, guys. Well, I am so excited to get into this word. So I don't know what kind of student you guys were. And, 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 but typically with students that were in school, when they had a question, they would normally, they'll interact and they would raise their hand. Now I'll tell you what, I wasn't one of those students. When I had a question, I didn't ask it. I just left the question inside unless I felt safe. Because I was just that shy individual in class. I don't want anybody to know sort of my business, whatever that means. Well, it, this is my business. This is my question. These are things that are going on in my head. And I didn't feel confident to communicate those things. And so I had a lot of questions that probably went unanswered because I was unwilling to raise my hand and speak up. So what I'm, I'm guessing is there's a, there's a lot of people out there that have questions about the times that we're in and they're not necessarily raising their hand and asking for it. They might be seeking it out and looking at different places, but I, I believe there's just a lot of people and if we to look at them and, and look at most of the people and there was kind of a symbol over the head, I believe the symbol would be a question mark. Everybody is walking around and they have questions would you agree like that, that we probably have a world right now that's having questions. They might be wondering, you might be wondering and having a big question mark over your head so you don't have to raise your hand. You just got the question mark there. And here's what I would guess is sort of the question that people are wondering about. It has to do somewhere along these lines about what in the world is going on. Like, I, that's what I think the number one is, is around that. Like, what's going on in the world? What's happening around me? What's happening in society? What's happening with this epidemic? What's, what's happening? And so it's, people are wondering. They're probably wondering if it's, you know, it's, what they're getting from the news is one thing, but they want to know, like, what's going on because there's this sense where it feels like something else is going on, even though these are the facts, but what is the truth? What's really going on and what I would say that's going on and I would talk about this a little bit is we're going through a transition that's a key word we're going through a transition right now and transition insinuates change so things are changing around us and whenever things go through a, a, a transition a major transition we all been through transitions, right? We've been through, like, just transitions from high school to, to, to college uh, or career. We've been through transitions from single to updating your status. And now you, you're dating and, and, and then updating that and going through the transition of, of potentially married. You're going through transition where you're going up in your department. Like, you start at one place in the workplace and then they promote you, and you've been through that transition. Here's the thing with those transitions, is you kind of see it coming, and so you're prepared for it when it comes. But when there's these other transitions that happen that are abrupt, where did they come from, what's happening, and it causes a whole lifestyle shift or change, we're kind of like, we're disrupted. And this is what major transitions begin to do. This is what, this is what happens to people. They, it exposes what people really believe whenever there's a, main, a major transition. What you really believe 
comes out in that moment. Like you can say you have faith, but then in that moment where there's a transition, do you really have faith? You can say I, I trust God, but in the moment, do you really trust God? So things are being exposed. People are being exposed. The, the, the church is being exposed. Things are being exposed in this transition. And not only do it's what you believe is being exposed, but what you value, like what do you really care about? You could tell a lot of people care about their tush. <laughs> a lot of people care about their behind because they're going to make sure that gets taken care of, nothing else, and they'll fight somebody for it. So, so you could see what they value in moments of major transitions. And you can also see how people are really wired. Like, what are you really wired? What are you really? Major transitions come. You, you could just, this is what comes to the surface. Transi- transition insinuates change. And what we've been learning about this transition and where we are now, they use this language that what's happening is very fluid. The information that's coming to us is very fluid. So they made it like they gave it this watery language. It's very fluid. And I agree, it was, it was very fluid. It was changing from day to day, and you had to stay up with stuff in order to know what currently was happening. So it was fluid, and that means in this transition, you need to be flexible. And if you can't be flexible in the midst of something that's fluid, then, then you're going to maybe miss, or you're going to find yourself spinning out of control in a very fluid environment, especially people that how they're really wired and how they really are is they're rigid. They're like stiff in what they believe. They're stiff in what they value. They're stiff in how they're wired. Like nothing can change. They, 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 they oppose change. They don't like change. They don't want to see any kind of change happen. And so they become real stuck and rigid. And you know, it's in those moments that actually exposes who's your God. Watch this, because God said, I would have no graven image. I would have no stone figurine. I would have no piece of wood carved out. I'm not going to have anything that is stiff or rigid or that you could just kind of bring around because you would look at that thing and you would, you would believe that I'm that, that I'm rigid, I'm stiff, and I'm stuck. And so that God, that, that God exposes your God because your God is a living God. Your God is a moving God. And because your God is a living God and a moving God, his people should be a living and move, moving and people that know how to be flexible when the currents and the times change, even if it's abrupt. God has something to say about it and something he wants us to do with it. it, it you see, the palm trees are the perfect type of trees for the climate that they're in. Because they're like they're rooted and they're flexible. The climate that they're in is one where there's adverse weather patterns and things can change at any moment, but the trees are ready. Thing, other things might blow over and fall apart, but man, the, the, the leaves of the palms might get all jaggedy. But for the most part, the, sh- the trees are able to stand. And so it should be with God's people, knowing that the climates around us are sometimes adverse. But because we're rooted and we have a good foundation and because we're flexible with whatever it is that's happening, we're able to stand in those moments. I wonder what kind of tree you are in the times like this where God, again, he's a living God. He's a moving God. That's the God we serve. He's not stuck. He's not stone. 
He's not rigid. Neither should we be rigid in moments where there's transition. Now, I wanna, I'm going to talk to you a uh, scripture here. I want to share with you a scripture of a man who was stuck in times where things were transitioning and changing. See if we can learn something from him. It's found in John 5, starting in verse 1, going to verse 7. And it says this, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate of a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. I, I, I underlined that, so I want you to see that. There was a, they were waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. <clears throat> now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. That's a long time, y'all, to be sick and sitting by a pool. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. I just want you to notice I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath day. I want to talk to you about something here. And I entitled this message, Surfing the Waters of Transition. Surfing Waters of Transition, because that's the times that we're in. So let me just build this out a little bit. I've noticed, and I've talked about this with the church probably a couple weeks ago, but I've noticed that whenever there is water that's being highlighted in Scripture, that there's about to be a transition. Whenever water is involved in Scripture, if you go back, there was where, where Moses was put as a baby on the water, and his mother sent him out down the Nile. There was about to be a transition because a deliverer was coming. And then later on, you find also with Moses that there's, they're going from Egypt out into the wilderness, and then there's water involved. There's the Red Sea. And when they're about to go into the promised land later on with Joshua, there's water that's involved. Jesus' first miracle is water, uh, water into wine. So whenever, I, I could keep going, y'all. I could keep going. Whenever there is a transitional moment that's being announced, somehow there, there, you'll find often that water is being highlighted. I also like to study revival. I like to say I'm a student of revival. I like to know how moves of God happen. I don't know if you, you guys are down with that, but I like to see how do move, moves of God happen? How are they hindered? How are they sustained? How do they keep going and are strong? 
And just to qualify real quick what a move of God is, I mean, when a move of God comes, and I don't know how, like, if that excites you at all, but I don't want to just have church. I want to have a move of God. I want to be in a move of God. I want to be in something that's powerful and, and that is life-transforming. When God begins to move, it doesn't necessarily have to be during the preaching when God is in a place. When his presence shows up, it takes care of all of that. It takes care. The presence is thick. There's, there's times where they would, they would be prostrate before the Lord. There's, uh, there's healing revivals that have happened, moves of God that have happened where people were healed, where people were delivered instantaneously. Things like that. That excites me because I don't want to just have church. I grew up in church all my life. I don't want to have just church. I want to, I want to be a part of a move of God. So what, if you want to be a part of it, you should study it a little bit, look into it, see what it's about, who are the ones who instigated it, how is it even formed in the first place. So I like that. So this idea of a move of God coupled with water is what I want to combine. I want to combine that thought. So we're looking for and desiring a move of God. <clears throat> I believe God wants to bring a move in America. I believe he wants to bring a move in our homes, in our churches. I believe he wants to do that, and I want to invite him to do that. So there's a, a move of God. I want to marry that with this concept of water. <clears throat> if we put it together, what, we could, what, what it comes out, and the language I want to use for the sake of this word that I want to share with you is a wave. A move of God produces a wave. We've heard about waves of his glory and waves of this, that. So I'm going to use that language to talk about it once again because there is water communicates of the transition that's coming and there is the move of God component that we really want to have. I want to bring those together in this picture of a wave. That's why we have this surfer surfing this wave of transition. So with that thought in mind, are, we're going to learn how we can become a part of the wave and surf the wave or the move of God. How do we surf that? How do we become pro surfers to be able to surf this transitional moment that we're in? Are you following me? Yeah. Now, let me just say this. I find that most people, whenever they're looking for church, and people probably online as well, that whenever we're looking for a church, and I know when I was for church back when we were in Lancaster when we were looking around we're finding and we're looking for a place that is going to make us feel comfortable we're going to a place that is convenient it's comfortable it has some maybe some things that we like okay I enjoy that think about my family I'm thinking about myself so for for the most part people are open to going to church who are open to God would, would you say that like like once they're open to God's like I'm, I'm, I'm okay now I got to find a church because I'm I you know I got I'm open to this thing of God and let me see what church has to offer in these places. And, and so they'll, they'll go in there, but they, they usually try to find something that's good and, and which is good to find something good and convenient. They're looking for a convenience whenever they're church shopping. I, I, so, so why I'm saying this is because a move of God, it can be different than just going to church. So what I found is that I was, at one point when I was looking for a church, we found ourselves going to a church, but there was a move of God happening in that church. And as we were at that place and this move of God was, I'm talking about people getting saved, people that were radical in their worship, the presence, there was prophecy, there was all these things that were happening. It was just this, this beautiful tapestry of moments that we were having in the presence of God 
powerful moments uh, of just, yeah, people getting slain, all that, all that stuff that, you know, depending on people's background, they might be like, what, what, what the heck are you talking about here? It's a move of God, and when God moves, he does what he wants to do, and sometimes that means something to us. And, and what, how, I, how do I say it here? Moves of God are messy. Yeah. So, so th- we find ourselves in this move of God, and we were surfing it, and we were coming into it, and we were going through a range of emotions while we were there. That's real, because you're in it, but you, there's emotions and feelings that you have while you're in this wave or this move of God. Now, looking back, I can see it. During that time, we were just surfing the wave. And here's, here's, here's how I want to communicate it to you, because we don't, we don't necessarily always talk about emotions in this day and age, right? It's kind of like, uh, emotions, that's kind of like a word that doesn't always get brought up in our conversations or I mean, we use emotions. We don't all talk about emotions. So I want to say it in a way that we might be able to see this a little bit better, how the emotions work. So this is a generation that we really talk in emojis, not emotions. And so I want to talk to you in emoji language of what the emotions and the range of emotions that I went through. So so this this is kind of what it looked like for me and for us. When we came into this move of God or this wave, this is, this, is, this is what we experienced. When we got in there, it was just, people were just enjoying the water. They were just in this move. And so while they were there, we were just excited. We just were, this is awesome. Everything is awesome, right? Everything that's happening here, you just get excited about this wonderful position that the church is in where this move of God is just flowing. So for the most part, it's just you get happy, you're excited, that, that happens in the move of God. You're just flowing with the momentum of the wave. And, and it is, it's, just, it's just, it's forming and it's, it's been formed and it's already moving and you're just moving with the move. So it's exciting. It's like everybody's on board and we're just surfing this wave and enjoying it. So that's when I came on that wave. And then I got to the place where, you know, as you're in it for a while and you're in this move of God and in this place, you start to learn some things. Like, here you're just excited. It's like, I don't know what's going on. But after you're in it for a while, you start learning some things. You start learning maybe how to disciple. You're learning how to read your word, how to pray. You're, you're just learning certain things that are a part of this wave that's coming in. Just, you're just learning. So I'm the nerd, right? You're just taking in the lessons of the way. That's the emotions of just a, a, a learner, a, a student of what's happening in this wave. However... There is this emotion that comes at the tail end of a wave that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And I think it's so important to bring this up is that after there's an excitement period of the wave, then there's this learning part of the wave, but then there's this oh crap part of the wave. That's a poopy emoji. I know you guys know what it is. So you're like, why the heck is that thing up there? How's he going to use that? I'm going to use it exactly what it's intended for. And that is... And whenever there's a wave, watch this, there is a part of that wave in the culmination, in the, the end of a wave where you get the poopy experience. You get that place where you're like, oh, crap, what did I sign up for? You get this like, you, you'll, you'll go through something where 
uh, somebody will offend you or somebody will hurt you or something will happen around you and it's sort of like you, you, you see behind the curtain. You see, what's, you, you see certain things and a lot of times at that place, in that poopy place, that old crap place, is where people never surf again. They get wiped out. They think it's something wrong because of the emotions of what they're experiencing in that wave. And what I'm here to talk about is we're talking about surfing transition. I want you to help you understand the transition and the different emotions that we go through as we move, as we surf, as we surf a move of God. We go through a cycle of emotion. So these are the ones that I experience. But there's a couple of more that I want to help you so it makes sense of just the whole movement of a move of God. And so here you have really, it's, it's this bell curve. They use this for business, but I think it's, it works well for even how moves of God or revival comes in and it goes out. So here it is, is, is the reality is where I was and where some, most people come in to a move of God is they come in at this point. They're already, they're early majority. They, they came in when stuff was already formed. There's a formation of the wave and then the wave that's already formed. So a lot of people find themselves coming into the formation of it. And so everything's exciting and it's awesome. It, but here's the place where it starts. It starts at this place where somebody or some individuals get the mind and the heart of God of what God is doing in that time. And, and, and they, they get, again, the mind of God, the heart of God. They discover that place. And it's usually few people. It's not a majority. It's not like a lot of people. It's just a few people that get to experience that. And as a result, something happens in them where they want to move something forward. And so that's where the wave begins, is where people participate with the thoughts and the ideas that God has for that generation and for that moment. And they get the mind of God. And they feel they're the pioneers. They feel like they're, 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 they're saying things and thinking things that nobody else is like dancing to the beat of that drum. So they, they, they have to like really determine that they heard from God and stick it out. But once they get going, there'll be some people who are early adopters. They're kind of like upside down thinkers anyway. They're, they're people that are a little bit more, they'll go for it. They'll, they'll, they're like, yeah, let's, let's, I trust you. Let's, let's make it happen. And, but they're, they're very few as well. But those are, when, when that starts to happen, when the innovators, the ones who get the mind of God, they go through that moment of revelation and then they pass it on and some other people catch it and say, yeah, we're doing this thing. They'll begin to, the wave begins to swell. As the wave begins to swell, things start to happen in atmospheres because of these people who are willing to pay the price to do that. And they come over here, and then again, you go through the excitement phase. That's where a lot of people jump on. Oh, it's so awesome. Everything's great. And then they're like, oh, then they learn some things. They get a little smarter. They get more intelligent. And, and, and so what, what took a price to get over here is now pretty common over here. And so now they're kind of like, you know, they, they understand it. They get it. And then, boom, the poopy stage. And that's where you're going to, this is where God is looking for the wave to end. And people who don't discern that something is ending in order for him to start a new wave, 
they'll be trying to surf this wave forever and feeling poopy all their life and thinking because they surf one wave that they understand how God works, never preparing themselves for the next wave. That makes sense? And I just, I've just seen the cycle. And here's the thing a lot of people I don't think maybe understand is that when it comes to a move of God, when God moves, it's not just one wave. It's an ocean. I mean, it's many waves. God wants to come in and bring a new thing. And after he's done with that wave, he brings a new thing. And he has to upset us somehow. He has to agitate us somehow. Something has to happen here, and it might happen through his people. It might happen through circumstances where we get agitated that we are like, oh, crap. What's going on? But for us who want to be able to be pro surfers, we've got to recognize, oh, crap, what's going on is a signal that something's coming to an end. And now, because something else is about to happen. He's about to bring in a new wave. That's why it's being disrupted. That's why these people are doing that. That's why this has all happened. What is the mind and the heart of God in this moment so I can get ready to grab my surfboard and get on the new next thing? Man, I wish I had somebody. Just text in an amen, please. So, So this phase right here is where most people bail out. But in order to become a pro surfer, we're going to be able, we're going to have to understand this is a cycle of a wave of God. You know, right, here's how we make the transition. There's one more emoji. This is how we make the transition from, from, from this place of, oh my goodness, what's going on, to getting back so we could discover the new wave of God, what God is doing. What did I say? Whenever water shows up, that's or being highlighted, that means there's a transition. And the waters that I believe God is calling us and he's trying to stir in us is the waters of repentance. Sometimes that causes tears. Uh, oh, the, the waters of, of working towards the things that he is presenting before us and sometimes that comes through sweat. So it's the waters of transition, speaking that the people of God are probably going to be sweating and they're probably going to be crying in order to get the mind of God for the next wave because when I study revival nothing comes this heavenly idea as much as it's like revelation and it's awesome I don't think it ever comes until a people know how to cry out and repent and humble themselves this is a picture of humility and we need that water those are the waters of transition that is a that is a picture as people are crying it's a picture as people are sweating that's a picture that he is about to bring a new wave but unless and part of the tears is that we have to say wave goodbye to the last wave. Because a lot of people are holding on to the last wave and the last thing that God did and the last thing that happened in their life. And I know it was special and I know it was wonderful, but we have to wave goodbye to the last wave if we're going to be able to get up and surf again. This new wave that God is bringing. The wave requires a transition in our thinking. And that's what's so hard is because we're so used to thinking along these lines. And then it's like, oh, crap, what's going on? A transition is coming. And, and then those tears and, and the sweat and all the things we do, is, it's the reformation of our mind. Because unless we have new thinking, we're not going to be able to perceive the new day and the new wave that God is bringing. It's a new thing. He's trying to change the mind, and there's so many people who are stuck, and the only way to get you unstuck is actually to cause the wave to come to an end. 
and certain things that happen to you that really disrupt and cause you to get back on your knees, crying out to God, humbling yourself before him. And those people, sometimes there's just a few people because everybody else is just poopy. They're washed up on shore, just feeling bad. But who will be the people that go low? Who are the people that cry hard? Who are the people who cry out? Who are people who, who are th- going to be those people that come to the place where they get the mind of God to be a part of and to instigate this new wave? This was the case with this paralytic, man. He wasn't getting it. <laughs> this paralytic wasn't getting it. He was there, and he was talking about the old wave. The new wave shows up to him to talk, but all he could think about was the old wave. There's a new thing that God was doing, and he was talking about the old ways that things have been done. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that person that's feeling like poopy, like that paralytic. Poopy paralytic, that's fun to say. Like, he's like this guy who's just down in the dumps because he can't get to where he needs to get. And here the new wave shows up, and he doesn't perceive it. When the water is telling us it's time to transition, new, uh, tears will come, sweat will come. New wave requires new thinking in order to surf it. Here, let me show you how that works a little bit. So in this scripture here, in Luke 8, here's a water scene that happens with Jesus and his disciples. Check this out. Now in Luke 8, 22 to 25, it says this. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling, they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And when they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuke the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? After, and, and they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So this, the scene that we just read about was Jesus crossing over to the other side. And when you read it in context and you read more of the story, where they're going after that is they're going to this place where there's this man who's possessed by like a thousand demons and they're crossing over to do that. Here's, here's, the, here's the picture. They come from a place with the disciples on the other side of the lake they were coming from a place where Jesus was talking to his mother, talking to his parents. They were, they, there was just, they were, there was healings that were happening. It, it's just, they were surfing a wave. Watch me. They were surfing this wave of God just being a blessing to them, of Jesus just being a blessing to them. So they're surfing this wave and like, oh, man, we're, we're awesome. We're hanging out with this guy. And this guy is bringing the miracles. He's bringing the power. He's bringing, we're with him. So they're just, they're just enjoying the blessing of being in the company of Jesus. Wave. Bless me, wave. Thank you, Jesus, for what you can give me, wave. There's a lot of people on that wave. 
that they're only, they, they, they're surfing and they're enjoying the blessings that come from God. That's the waves that they, like I'll get my surfboard and surf that wave if Jesus is going to bless me, if he's going to get me out of whatever. So they, they're surfing this wave, but Jesus is like, it's time for a transition. We've got a transition, and the only way we're going to transition is we've got to put these guys in some water, and they're going to learn how to surf a new wave and come into this new dimension, this new thing I'm doing. So he brings them into this place where the waters and the storm starts to come, and what are they feeling like? Oh, poopy. They were all excited. They were going through all the emotions. It's so awesome. We're with Jesus. We've got revelation. We've got the man with us. And then he gets them to this place where they're like, oh, poop. We're going to sink. We're going to die. They wake up Jesus, Jesus wakes up, and he deals with the water. He deals with the storm, but he also deals with them. He said, guys, this, you, you've been surfing the wrong wave. I'm trying to change your heart. I'm trying to change your mind. You're, you're, the, the way that you're working through this right now, you're not realizing the wave that I'm introducing to you. And this wave will make you feel like crap for a little bit, but if you know how to cry out, you know how to sweat and, and do the work, and you know how to faith a thing into existence, then you'll get the idea of this new wave, the new wave that Jesus was trying to take these guys to through the water was the wave of power and authority, living with that, expressing that through their lives. That it wasn't just about Jesus blessing them wave, but it was about walking in the power and the authority of Jesus' wave. You follow me? Again, people love to surf the waves of Jesus blessing them. But once he says, okay, blessing, that was great. That was good for time. I'll continue to bless you. I'm good with that. But let's evolve. Let's grow up a little bit. And let's learn that you also have power and authority. And the only way you're going to get that is if I have to throw some water in your direction. I have to put you in a place where you have to transition your mind from a mind of just receiving to a mind that's actually giving something that I put inside of you. And so he does that through water. He does that through adversity. He has to transition them so he brings them to a place where like, now surf this wave. Because we're going to another side and there's a people that need us. And there's, a, there's some people that are suffering from some things that you're going to have to have something inside of you. That's more than just what you get from me and the blessings that you get from me. You're going to have to have a power and authority. And he's trying to bring them into that wave. And of course he rebukes them because they totally wiped out. Totally wiped out. So Jesus has to go over there and he does the thing that he does. And, but th this is a picture of him doing that. But there's another occasion as well. How about this in Matthew 14, 22? I'm just trying to show you here, and those of us who are watching, I'm trying to show you here how these transitions work, how these ways of God work. And so in Matthew 14, 22 to 31, probably heard this, this scene or seen this scene a couple of times it says, Matthew 14, 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Sent the multitude away. He had sent the multitudes away the mountain by himself to pray. See how he did that? You see like the, which emoji he's in now? He's going to a place where he's getting the mind of God. Okay. Because he already, he, he blessed the multitude. He did all that stuff. Now, when he was there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. There goes water. For the wind, contrary to the night, Jesus went to them 
walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So that's, that's a famous moment in the scriptures where Peter gets out of the boat. And a lot of us talk about that. Man, can you just get out of your boat? Can you get out of your comfort zone? I want to propose to you a different scene in light of what we're talking about. So here is Peter. He's in his boat, and he basically, he asks Jesus, and Jesus brings him out of his boat. Now he's surfing on the wave. He's surfing on this wave. He cries out to God, and he's surfing on this wave. But then in the midst of him walking over, it talks about that he starts to pay attention to the storm and the water and all that stuff around him, and he begins to sink as a result. The, right here, you can see two different waves that a lot of people find themselves in, that they'll surf the one but not the other. And the one that Peter was surfing when he got out of the boat is the wave of, God, get me out of this mess. A lot of people won't mind, again, grabbing their surfboard and being participating in the move of God if it's to get them out of their mess. God, get, get, get me out of this. I just, I just want to be with you. Be my, be my savior. Save me, wave. So they, he's surfing the save me wave. He gets out of this boat. He's like, I just, I just, I need you to help me. And that's where a lot of people are, right? Like they, they can be like, Jesus saved me. And they, they talk about their testimony of salvation and the, that, not to diminish that. But sometimes it's just a, that's the only wave they've ever surfed is the one of Jesus being their savior, getting him, getting them out of the mess. But what Peter found himself in the middle of is a new, he had a transition. He had a transition to surfing the wave of Jesus being the savior and Jesus getting them out from the mess that they were, he was in to Jesus being with me in the mess. And that's a lot of times people wipe out. They don't know how to bring Jesus in their mess. They pay attention to the waves and the wind and the things that are happening around them. So Jesus just, they just surf the wave of Jesus as Savior, but they never come into the, the wave of Jesus being their Lord. Yeah. So Jesus is not their Lord. Jesus, they don't know how to bring Jesus into their mess and say, Jesus is with me in this. He is with me in the storm that I know this stuff is happening around me, but I, I, I'm, I'm focused on him. I got my mind on him. And so they begin to surf that wave of Jesus being Lord. That's where Peter wiped out. He wiped out in that transition moment. Like, oh, poop. He was my savior, but what did he save me into? Why is this happening in my life, you ever get there where you're like, you follow Jesus, you gave him his life, and all of a sudden you're in the middle of something, and you're looking around like, oh, poop, I'm not going to do this anymore. And you wipe out, and you begin to sink. But you got to learn, Jesus is transitioning you. He's like, that's not the only wave. Me as Savior is an awesome wave. Good, I got you out of the boat. Now pay attention to me in the storm. 
know who I am in the midst of the storm? Can you, can you see me? Can you surf? Can you, can you stick with me? Can you look at me and fixate on me in the midst of all this with what's happening around you? We're transitioning. It's, 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 God is calling us to be pro surfers, and it's not just going to be one move of God, y'all. It's going to be many moves of God, many waves of God. And each time we come to the end of it, we have to wave goodbye to the last wave, appreciate it for what it was, if we're going to be able to wave hello to the next wave. But each time, you're going to feel like poopy as you're waving. You're going to feel that emotion of pain, of hurt, of, of, of like what's going on. You're going to, you're going to notice the, the storm and the sea and the trials around you. You're going to notice all those things. It's going to be painful, but through those tears, the water of transition, through the sweat of belief and contending and of faith, you'll come into a new level of thinking. You're, that level of thinking got you through one wave, but now he has to transition you to another level of thinking. Maybe the level of thinking that you need to be getting to transition to, that you do have power and authority. I think this week and going forward, we as a church, we're going to be putting out, um, we're going to be putting out the word that we want to pray for people if they're feeling sick in any way. We, we're a supernatural house. I know we're in the situation that we're in, but we can pray with people with the COVID. If he can heal leprosy, if he can heal a paralytic, is this a small thing for Jesus to do? See, you, you've, you've just, your mind needs to begin to shift, not into a place of panic and distancing, but how can we be a voice in the darkness? How can we show up like Jesus would show up and introduce people to the new wave and transition their thinking? I believe now is the hour. Could it be that we are more, so what in the world is happening? Could it be that we are more aware of the end of a former wave than we are at the beginning of a new one? God, I believe, is calling us to surf the waters of transition. It's time to cross over. It's time to change our thinking so that we can begin to do something new and different that's going to come with tears that's come blood and sweat and all those things that come with a move of God I believe the old wave part of it was old ways that churches used to do things you know how churches we were in that place where we were just bragging about how quickly we can get people in and out of church so we're just trying to save them time we're trying to make it convenient for them so you have more time but less power You got all the time in the world. You got all your day, but there's still people that don't know God and haven't experienced his power. But you got more time for your day. You got more time on Sunday. And now here's this inconvenient thing that we find ourselves in. How much do we need God now? Has the, the God and the church that was inconvenient before to whatever you were scheduling in your schedule, whatever you had to do in your work, has he become more necessary and essential to you in this time? I know a lot of people who miss church. It's funny that when we're not there, we miss it. But when we were there, maybe we took it for granted a little bit. Yeah. And what God was doing there. And looking at our watch. I can't wait for it to be lunch. And, and doing those different things. I, I wonder if we have to get to that place where we humble ourselves and begin to ask God, what are you asking us to do, God, even if it's inconvenient? Because we have been looking for you for our convenience 
and for things that, how you can serve us and what you can do for us. And we looked at you to get us outside the boat. You, we, we've asked you to be Savior. We like you when you bless us. We'll show up to that Sunday. But when it's us manifesting the power and authority, where are we surfing that wave? Have we surfed the wave of him being Lord in the midst of our storm so that when trials are coming, all we do is we go after him even more and we get more aggressive to who he is, more aggressive than the storm that's around us? Yeah. People of God, I believe we need to, people of God, people of God, not just the world, but the people of God, don't, don't know how to change for the current move. A lot of them don't know how to change for the current move. They're like the paralyzed guy. They've been around the religious system for 38 years. Can you imagine? 38 years being around a lot of church and still you're in the condition you're in. I believe that's a picture. This parallel is a picture of most of the people in our churches. It just, and most of the people in the churches, not only that, what did he say? I don't have no man to take me into the water. <clears throat> How many times have we heard that, that, right? I got no man. <laughs> I got no man. I got no man to help me with this. I got no man to help me with that. How many times are we going to blame it on the man? The man. That means multiple things as I'm saying that. We blame the man for this. We blame the man for that. I'm where I'm at because the man didn't do this. I'm at, so we, we blame where we're at. And we haven't experienced anything because of somebody else's fault that hasn't brought us to the water, haven't brought us to that point. So we're just around it, and we're paralyzed. And yet Jesus shows up, not an angel that stirs the waters. Jesus shows up. I wonder if Jesus was to actually show up and talk to all of us, how many people would even recognize him talking? And I would guess that most of us won't recognize the new move of God or Jesus showing up is because we don't even spend time with Jesus. I know this is strong. We don't even spend time to talk with him, so we can't even recognize his voice. We don't recognize his appearance when he shows up. He's not the man that we were expecting, but he is the deliverer that we need. He's the healer that we need. We've got to change our thinking. The paralytic man had to change his thinking. And guess when the miracle happened? It happened in the most inconvenient time. Sometimes Jesus shows up at your most inconvenient moment on the Sabbath when you're just looking to chill. I'm just looking for Netflix and chill. I know that means a bunch of things. Sorry for those online. But I, <laughs> you're just looking to, to chill, to back away. I'm in rest mode. This is what's happening. It's like, no, this is, you got to sweat. You got to cry. You got to go through some water situations. Because when I show up and I begin to speak, I'm bringing a whole new order of things, a whole new wave. And if you want to surf this, you're going to have to recognize what's before you. But here's the thing that God is doing. Look, I believe this is a sovereign work, what's happening around the world. God is just stepping in. The church didn't even want this, but God said, you need it. You're like, I, I don't want this. I don't, we, we don't need, like, this is so inconvenient. He's like, I'm showing up. I'm showing up on your Sabbath. I'm showing up on your, I'm showing up on your day that you don't normally see me manifest and do a thing. And I'm showing up and I'm going to speak to you. And even though, yeah, you want to be healed, but don't know how to get that healing because you think it's happening in the former way, in the former days, in the ways that you think it's going to look, 
I'm going to do it this way. And God is so, Jesus is so gracious in this moment, even though the guy just wants to be healed, but doesn't really recognize that the one who's going to heal him is in front of him. He says, take up your surfboard. I'm sorry. Take up your mat and walk. Take up that thing that you've been sitting on, resting on. Take that up and get back into the water. Get back into life. Get back into what I've come, I, wanted, I desired you to get into. Get back into that place. I believe he's saying that to the church. He's saying, God, church, I'm going to just do this. I'm just going to step in in your most inconvenient moment. I'm going to upset some religious people in the meantime who don't think it's appropriate for this moment. And I'm going to bypass all that stuff. You've been here 38 years, church. You've been 38 years being around stuff, but never being touched by anything, never encountering the presence of God, looking to outsource to an angel what only I can do, looking to, to do these stuff with, with another person. You think another person needs to help you, where I'm here showing up and I want to help you, and I want to be a healer. Can we transition our thinking? Can you be flexible enough to pick up your surfboard Pick up whatever it is that you've been lying on, excusing, uh, having people look at and saying, I'm in this condition, take a look at that. Whatever that is, take up your surfboard and let's begin to surf this new wave. I believe God is calling us in a new wave, in a new day, but it's going to require you changing your thinking. Let me pray for you. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Subscribe to our podcast and social media outlets to be kept up to date with everything going on at In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia.